Hello to everyone listening. Welcome back to Clodagh's Corner. Today on my podcast, we discuss student housing, a topic that has made many appearances on our screens in the recent couple of months. On today's podcast, we have an interview with Quiva O'Carroll. Quiva is a vice president for the Dublin region to do with the Union for Students in Ireland, also known as the USI. She comes on the podcast to discuss the USI's recent protest outside the Dáil in order for government change to deal with student housing in Ireland. We will also hear from students themselves. We can get their perspective on the current housing crisis and what renting as students was like for them. In the last decade, we have seen the issue of student housing appearing and disappearing on a regular basis. We see protests such as the Shanoan Shakedown in Santry, a protest that occurred in 2018 in which the students protests for student rights. The students living in the purpose-built private accommodation had no tenant rights when it came to rent rises. The Shanoan student residents were facing up to a 27% rent increase by the next term. According to the DCU Students' Union, the prices of the accommodation had increased six times in less than four years. Therefore, a protest outside DCU occurred. As well as that, in the last five years, Dublin has seen a new type of accommodation, common in other parts of the world, but previously largely unseen in Ireland. Privately owned, purpose-built student accommodation, otherwise known as PBSA. However, these PBSAs are priced higher than the average student rent at 250 euro a week. This sort of pricing for students is very much out of reach for any student who is not being financially supported by their parents or guardian. We now hear from Quiva O'Carroll. I am the Vice President of the Dublin Region in the Union of Students in Ireland and we represent 374,000 students on the island of Ireland um, and then in the Dublin Region itself with about 90,000 students. It was founded in I think the 1960s and it operates as an umbrella universe, uh, union for student unions across the country and um, so the way it would work is you have like your local student unions which would be your IDTSU, Trinity College, Dublin SU um, and then USI represents um, those unions on a national basis. So uh, as an umbrella organisation, they kind of cover the universal issues that people are coming into contact with, whether it be student accommodation, student fees, cost of college, returning to, to college after, after COVID, things like that. Things every t- student faces. Student housing has been an issue in the Irish sphere for for decades now and every year we would run a campaign and we we also lobby the government and write to the government but it's it's kind of fallen on deaf ears because there really has been so little action so for example this year we we did a sleep out outside the door we did that under our no keys no degrees campaign and it was very much a, a reactionary stunt in relation to like just the even worsening situation in terms of student housing so coming out of covid we would have seen a lot of um a lot more people without somewhere to stay because digs were completely removed from the 
from this circle because of COVID. A lot of people don't want strangers in their homes, which is totally understandable, but that meant that there was a real deficit in student beds. So we had, at, at the peak of it, about 10,000 students still without somewhere to stay while term started. So our Nokia's no degree sleep out was a reactionary stunt stuff. Um, we slept in tents outside the doll, trying to urge the government to take action, um, even if it was just a short-term measure to kind of alleviate something. So the No Keys No Degree one was earlier in September, and that was very much, it wasn't so much, much um, a protest, it was a demonstration. So we didn't ask like other people from across the country to come down because we were still in kind of weird COVID times. And also, like I said, it was really reactionary. So we couldn't ask everyone really last minute to bring loads and loads of people down. So we still had about, I think, I think 32 of us slept out, um, which is still a significant amount of people. The reception was good. Like, obviously, we were chatting to TDs during the day. So we stood outside the dawn of the day and then slept towards the corner just for security reasons. Um, it, yeah, like, it got a good reception. But the problem with these things is it's also strategic. You know, like, we're calling for publicly funded student accommodation and affordable student accommodation. And that will only come about in five, six years' time if they actually make the right moves. So it was difficult to gauge how successful it was politically, but it's definitely spurred us on now. So we're now holding a protest on the 23rd of November outside the Dáil. And that's a big one. We have a stage rented. We have like all the member organisations from across the Dublin region coming. And that's a fuck the fees one, but it's also a general protest to the cost of college. And it's funny the reception that we're getting for the fuck the fees thing is you know some people and you know power to them from a very privileged background are saying oh three grand it's not that much when you say first of all that it's the highest fees in the eu they are taken aback there's also an element of like we've just been conditioned to accept this is what it is and it's not okay and and it's funny as well those people are the ones that their parents are paying the three grand and it removes any sense of autonomy or independence in a young person to have to rely on a parent or to be answerable to a parent so i think we really need to to, to change our, our way of thinking we have to respect ourselves as young adults you know there's a lot of talk about especially in the in the Dublin um, rental market young people being infantilized so they they just never get to grow up because they live in their parents houses with their boyfriend and their, or their girlfriend until they're in their early 30s because they can't afford to save for a deposit otherwise when you talk about like you don't want to bring back to the basic needs but like accommodation and like a safe roof over your head is a basic basic thing and I would argue that ha having to share with parents that raised you well into your early 30s strips you of that security it strips you of that kind of sense of any sense of self um and it's definitely it's going to have a lasting effect there's no doubt about it but we haven't seen that yet because of how stringent the COVID restrictions were and how unquestionable they were. Obviously, there were people that did protest them, but they were very much in the minority. I think we fell into this um, this culture of not questioning um, decisions and not questioning policy. And I really wanted to remind students and, and mobilise them that if they think something is unfair, like paying three grand a year for their higher education, they can question that. You have to value your youth because they are the ones that are going to grow up to be the next generation of people that will carry society. So if you invest in them, the hope would be that you wouldn't see perhaps the issues that are cropping up at the moment in relation to homelessness, in relation to low employment levels, difficulty in finding work and things like that. My view would always be if you value people, they will, they will pay back into society twofold. And there is definitely a sense in Ireland of intergenerational injustice. Just with the cycles we've gone through on a, like on a fiscal level, you know, our parents would have been able to buy a home in their, in their mid, late 20s. 
I'll, I have no prospects of buying a home. Um, and in that sense, there's there's no justice whatsoever. And it, there's no equi- equity between the two generations. So absolutely, there are, there are other fish to fry and there's other issues that merit consideration. Um, but you can't, you can't have this one view lens of, oh, I can only fix one or the other. Address all of them. The TUD Cost of Living Guide shows us the breakdown of the monthly and annual cost of living in Dublin as renters and for home students. The average price a month for a renting student is €1,539 and annually is €13,827. Other expenses that also need to be taken into account are expenses such as work clothes, social events and other motor costs, loans and weekend breaks. In contrast, the average price a month for a student living at home is €740 a month and €6,636 a year, almost half the amount of a renting student. Therefore, when COVID struck in 2020, many renting students saw this as an opportunity to move back home and save as they worked online. During the last two years, the renting crisis only got worse. We now hear from Connor O'Rourke, a 21-year-old student from Leitrim, living in Stony Batter. Connor goes to college in DIT, studying film. This is his experience with renting as a student. So I've been living in Dublin for four years now for college and without a doubt it's been a complete disaster every year trying to find accommodation. So the first year I moved up I was 17. I didn't, couldn't share with anybody from home because I was out in college at Dunleary, south of Dublin, whereas my friends in Dublin were up in DCU or even Galway so it wouldn't have made sense to house share and a lot of them got student accommodation but there was no student accommodation for me and even at that it was way too expensive. So I started sending emails around to like rent.ie and daft.ie trying to get a house share but I got no replies because I think the age of 17 was a bit of a kind of red flag. I don't think much people would take someone in that young. You could kind of understand so. So for the first two years I stayed in digs out in Kalini with an elderly woman and it was grand. It like it fit the what I needed. I needed a bed basically and a house but um, with that living in digs in someone else's house like there there's a lot of limitations like you wouldn't get the student life that has been advertised to students like you're not out all the time it's kind of go to college get your stuff done come home study go to bed and so, so I stayed there till I was 19 and then finally I got a house with three of my friends from my own college and we were living in Dunleary and this is during pandemic year so we needed a house because we were confined to it every day and but literally we sent so many emails and only one person replied to us and it was the house we got and we had to go for a viewing thank god it worked because it was our only chance to get a house and so we stayed there for a year we stayed there for the college year and then i went over to new york for summer and then this year now my fourth year again come home email in all the places i was now 20 thinking that this would open a lot more doors and people would have no problem taking me as a, for a viewing because I had a lot of references and stuff like that, but still no reply. I get, I don't know why. It's just, it's so hard. Like you're constantly emailing these places, like at any kind of lead you get, you go for and nothing, nothing comes out of it. So now I'm living in Stony Batter and it's literally the, by the grace of God, because my friend's friend, friend 
had a spare room so it was just through word of mouth and we're like okay let's set up a meeting and we can get to know each other and by that then she said oh yeah come on and live with me so if that if these conversations were held by our friends like i would i don't know where i'd be we also hear from katrina o'connor we hear her take on student housing you're expected to pay an astronomical amount of money for a very poor living space for an example in black rock you're looking at about 900 euro per month for a single room that's covered in black mold just because it's a nice area doesn't that's obviously you're paying for security but it's a really poor quality of life and as well i think a, another obstacle is working alongside being in college you know if your college course is demanding most of them are 40 how are you expected to make that kind of money on minimum wage some people are on less what i would say to anyone um who's a student looking to putting a deposit down on a house i would definitely say make sure there's no mold make sure that the mold isn't just painted over um i would get like your parents to come look at the house before you go in to make sure that it's all up to par make sure that everything isn't broken make for me anyway it was i've had all good experiences apart from one in particular where the lady that I was renting with, she would clearly break things herself and then blame it on the students and get us to pay for it because she wasn't technically the landlord and it, like we're very poorly treated. And it was clearly just the things that were already broken when we were there and we were kind of the people paying for the maintenance so she could sell the house then and it just wasn't a great experience overall. It's petty things that they'd try to make you pay for. After hearing from Quiva and her contributions to speaking out against the student housing crisis, and from Connor and Katrine's personal stories about their issues with student housing, I am shocked and appalled by how this can be deemed acceptable by any standards. I find myself lucky being a student in Dublin, living at home 10 minutes away from my college. I cannot comprehend the pressure students must face to undergo these sort of standards in order to study. I believe these conversations are important when considering mostly of what we see on our screens, our statistics given to us by our government, and not the stories of the people who fight for justice but also live to see it. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast today and I hope you can check out and hopefully join Quiva and the USI in on their protest on the 23rd of November. See you next time.